guys, this is Nick. In the name of the FC Schalke Nofia team, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thanks for supporting us in the U.S., and hopefully there will be many more episodes of your podcast in the future. Glück auf! Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks, officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode 110 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on the show, as always, is the sultry voice of my co-host, Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Well, as usual, I guess we should say, because it's been a couple weeks since I've yeah, joined you. Yeah. But uh, nice to be back with you, sir. And uh, if I'm being honest, probably pretty nice to have a little brief uh, stint away from Schalke on the pitch yeah. for a bit, if I'm being totally upfront. Absolutely. I agree. I couldn't agree more. You need a little bit of that break. A lot of chaos has gone on in the last month. Uh, but so we're here to do, we got a little Vinter Pausa, so we're going to do a little uh, review of the season thus far. And because of that, we're going to bring in some help. Uh, first, we're going to bring on uh, someone who's been on the show more recent. We're talking about last week here. Uh, bring in Cedric Zelmata, the Shaka YouTuber. Cedric, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hello, guys. Hello, my friends. Um, yeah, I'm uh, happy to talk about Schalke again. Well, we're glad to have you back once again, helping uh, filling in the void for Jack last week. So uh, we thank you for having you once more time. But we're not stopping there. We're bringing back an old friend, an old American outlaw, that is, uh, Mr. Dave Lee. How are we doing, Dave? Hey, what's up, Cedric, Jack, Richard? It's good to be back. Good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, good to see you guys. Hope everyone had a good holidays. Obviously, it's the holiday season here. Uh, hopefully, you gentlemen have done had a, had a nice, quiet time so far. Yeah, it's been nice and relaxing. As as I mentioned to you guys a little pre-show, I've I've been binging the Star Wars movies in chronological order. So, you know, my my winter holiday is pretty much booked up with that. But yeah, all, all things aside, it's been pretty good uh, out here. Good, yeah. good. Germany, it's um, good too. Um, I spend a lot of time with my family and um, yeah, I'm very happy to have the time with my family. Uh, Jack, you're back in Chicagoland? Yeah, finally. I've been up in uh, northwest Wisconsin basically since early September. So uh, finally back, finally back home. Uh, feels a little bit weird, but uh, <laughs> ready to. Uh, yeah, just in time for like January Chicago winter. I don't know why I chose this particular moment to come back. Not the best, but, you know, the holidays uh, were, were calling me home. What can I say? That's right. I, I see that the nice blue blue and white flag right behind you there. We haven't seen that in a while, so it's good That's good true. to see that back. Uh, yeah, it's been a uh, crazy season so far. A lot of news in December uh, going back and forth with Schalke, uh, but some news that broke today. Uh, we kind of knew it was coming. We we weren't sure. It was the the names are up in the air. Were between Alexander Zorniga and and Christian Gross. Well, today officially Schalke did uh, announce that Christian Gross would take over for Schalke. Uh, in a press conference today, he did make some uh, comments that he made that he says, uh, uh, we have to be goal-oriented and work towards results. I want to feel the players' enthusiasm at all times. We need to have a good atmosphere in and around the team to be successful again. I will give everything so that the team can accomplish our goals together. Gentlemen, uh, you know, this is an interesting hire. Many people were curious about, um, first of all, all the options that were available. There weren't many that were, you know, decidedly favorites for Shaka fans. Um, I, you know, we're going to go around the room here about your, your initial thoughts to hearing Christian Gross 
uh, as being a new manager. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you here. I guess um, when it, when it comes down to some of these these European manager managers that are still floating out there, I wasn't surprised, especially with the connection that we know he has uh, with some of the uh, executives here at Schalke. I mean, just looking back at his history, I, I for one was not too familiar with Christian Gross. It's it's some some name that being relatively new to the football scene that I wasn't overly familiar with. So, but but looking at the teams he's managed and that long stint at Basel from two thousand or nineteen ninety nine to two thousand nine, um, where where he did obviously win at a top level in that Swiss league. And, you know, he's, he's coached it at the, at the Bundesliga as well. Um, you know, with, with, uh, Stuttgart. And I think that's where the, the connection comes, but, um, it'd be interesting. I don't know much about his tactics or how he deploys his players. Um, but, but what I've seen reading on Twitter with some of the, the top analysts says that, that he's a, he's a task master master that he is, uh, he's dedicated to at least, you know, his contract is at least dedicated to the end of this league. Um, so hopefully he can sort of write this ship, get the players emotionally and, and, and mentally in the right space. Um, but it's, from an outsider perspective, not knowing much about him as, as regarding his character, it seems like a decent hire. Um, he's he obviously has plenty of experience at the top level with some of the the clubs and teams he has managed over the last few years. Yeah, that's an uh, that's an interesting take because uh, for certain he's not someone that I, it was high on my radar. Uh, Cedric, uh, how about you? Did you have some familiarity with him already? Uh, both, um, you know. Yeah, I heard the name when he was uh, the coach in Stuttgart. But um, when um, when it comes again, um, I I'm also not familiar with with him. Um, I'm think he has a good um, good stations at the Spurs and at Stuttgart. Um, he rescues them uh, from the to going uh, to the Division Two, and he has a has a great career. Um, he has a lot of titles in. Um, in, in the Swedes uh, football, but um, now he's 10 years out of the European football, and um, that is because um, because of that I'm a bit scared of of, of him as a coach. Yeah, Jack, uh, this is uh, an interesting hire because, as Cedric mentioned, he hasn't been in European football for 10 years. Uh, he's been with the most recently the European or the the powerhouses of Ah Ali of Saudi Arabia and Zamalek of uh, Egypt. Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard about Christian Gross's signing? Yeah, the last time this guy was coaching in Germany, we didn't have you know broadcast rights to the extent that we do in America here. Uh, yeah, it's it's been the better part of a better part of a decade since he was in European football, as you all said. Um, I mean, you, you hear you hear the comments he makes. We need to be result oriented, goal oriented. Well, there you go, problem solved. You know, I mean, like. <laughs> Wow. I mean, really? Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I just, I, I'm becoming increasingly, as I've said on the podcast recently, I, I, as time goes on, I'm increasingly convinced that this is less of an issue with coaching and more of an issue just with whatever the, the atmosphere is in this specific yeah. team makeup and this specific grouping of players. And, you know, it, maybe Christian Gross will prove me wrong and I hope he does, but I'm, I'm getting to the point where I don't think we're going to see significant change until we see a significant portion of the squad moved elsewhere with, you know, a lot of new blood in um, potentially some, some changes to the, uh, the hierarchy of the club. And then, you know, actually get like a coach that's going to be here long-term and try to implement something. So, uh, to the extent that he has a reputation of a little bit of a taskmaster, maybe like a Felix Magat kind of guy. I mean, I, I is that what the club needs right now? I mean, uh, given given, I understand like you know you really want them to work and you want them to put a shift in, and I and I understand that. But uh, given how fragile the psychology is, I don't know if we need somebody who's going to be like a hard driver, negative, like you know, overly tough. I think you need to try to 
you know, improve the the atmosphere there a little bit and encourage players more in, in, in a positive way. I mean, who knows what the actual solution is, but I do have some concerns about it. So, um, and then I guess the last thing I would say is I, I, I don't think it was the right decision to get rid of Manuel Baum yet, at least. Um, I understand the results hadn't turned around necessarily, but I, I think we would all agree that there were some things to, to hold on to from the performance. And, and like I said, I'd rather have a guy that's been coaching in Germany more recently. Um, uh, no disrespect to, to Egypt and Saudi Arabia, but I mean, those are the only coaching credits on this guy's resume over the past six, seven years. So um, not, I mean, how, how am I supposed to feel about it? That's, that's the question. I mean, is this supposed to be like the savior moment? Like finally, how is this supposed to give me, you know, more hope than we've had recently? I, I'm not sure that it does. Yeah, that's some good points there, Jack. And, and I think the big thing is for me, it's the idea, given that I don't know Christian Gross that very much, but you guys bring up valid points about being so far distant from, you know, playing in these top leagues uh, around Europe is that you only sign to the end of the season. And I, th- I think that's a very telling sign of where the club is, where the executive executives are is, yeah, Manuel Baum, he had a two-year contract. He was working on it. And maybe the results weren't as they should have been. Um, again, we've we've all followed clubs where the crop of players just run their, their clock runs out for a club and now it's time to sort of rotate and i know the financial situation is very dire but at the same time at the same time having somebody who's only going to be there for six months we we know what purpose that serves and i don't know if that serves for the greater good of the of, of the football club yeah that's it's, it's an interesting point there i mean the contract does run to the end of the season uh, obviously lots of speculations before before he was hired about the names that are possible there the two main ones like we said was christian gross and alexander zorniga um two different minded coaches one is more attack oriented trying to get the offense not necessarily play defense and as uh, jack as you mentioned uh christian gross is more of someone who's a, a tactician or, or a disciplinarian or a taskmaster tries to get guys on, on the right foot he had i guess between the two he does have the advantage in that he, with with both the Spurs to Cedric's point and um, Stuttgart, he saved them from relegation, and I think that's what we need at the moment. And, and also to your point, Jack, it's uh, let's just bring Sam Allardyce in then. Oh yeah, well, he's I just took, I think did he just take I mean, a job. He just he, took a job. He's, he's taken now. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the only requirement. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it, it, it's well, you know, Sam Sam probably hasn't worked for Stuttgart at some point, so that means he's off of Schneider's. He's probably been in Europe more recently, though. Probably, but. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, but some other names that people wanted uh, that we keep hearing, uh, Tedesco is obviously a name that's been floated around. Many Shaka fans still are in love with him. And as much as they, people would want him, he's got a contract with Spartak until at the end of the year. And that's that's been confirmed by Spartak this season. Now, who who knows what happens then? Does, does he even want to come back? We don't know. But um, I think uh, part of that, the contract going until the end of the season is because we made the mistake the last two managers that we gave him two-year contracts and now we're still paying david wagner we're still paying baum for what for what sitting at home and, and playing watching tv i mean uh this like you said that the problems are probably not from the coaching perspective and not from the players at the moment but um we need to dig ourselves out of the hole and i think the number one goal as kind of what gross was saying in the in the press conference is we need to fight relegate fight off relegation we need to get some wins and i think if we can get our first win we can hopefully break that, you know, voodoo curse that we've had for 2020. Uh, we can win in the Pokal, but we can't seem to win in uh, in the league. Uh, it wouldn't be something. I saw a tweet that someone said like, it "Wouldn't it be something if we don't win again in the league, but we win the we win the Pokal." That'd be interesting, but I don't want to be in that situation. What, didn't an English team do that recently? I forget who it was. They they won the they won the BPL uh, one of the cup games, and then they got relegated that same season. Swansea or somebody maybe, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, so. 
Interesting take with Gross. Uh, I agree with Jack about uh, Baum uh, probably getting let go a little too early. Um, Cedric, do you think uh, Baum was unfairly dismissed, or do you think it was time for them to move on and, and find a new manager like they did? I think after the long period of uh, Wagner, I think it it um, would be fair to give him at least the Bielefeld game and uh, maybe make the change in the uh, break of the winter. But um, I mean, normally he has to win against Mainz, Stuttgart or Augsburg. Um, these are games to win um, in our situation and he hasn't um, received it. So I can understand it, but I have, in my opinion, I gave, give him the, the game against Bielefeld uh, at least. Yeah, I think we were all in agreement that, well, at least uh, at least Jack and I, we were thinking he was going to get to run through these you know these games where he should have won. I mean, we, we made the change with Hoop Stevens and it didn't result in a win, did it? Um, Dave, it, it just seemed like, if anything, that game against Bielefeld, we almost took a, a slight step backwards, I thought, from watching that match. I don't know what you thought seeing that game compared to the, the previous ones in the realm. Yeah, given that the change happened, what, like 48 hours before the match even happened? I mean, yeah. on, honestly, are you putting the club, let alone the players, in a position to be successful with yeah. that short of turnaround? Yes, we know the history that Stevens has with the club and what he's been able to do, but at the same time, it's it's a different time, it's a different crop of players, and I, I just don't think that move did anything for the club. Like like you said, it just didn't feel like anything was going to change for one game. So not to say that Baum would have made a difference, I'm not sure, because we do have a history of, of, of runs there. But at the same time, I, I don't understand why you couldn't have left him on for at least another 48 hours and and, and made that change afterwards if that's necessary. I just I just don't think, the, the as Jack's um, sort of alluded to here, is that some of the decisions at the executive level have not helped out this club. And I think this is another one that just kind of an, another nail in the coffin is to maybe some change a little bit higher up needs to start happening. I don't want to be too much of a stickler for it because we're really just talking about, you know, a game here or a game there, which is kind of arbitrary, the timeline. But I, I guess I would just feel a little bit better about it if if Baum had been given the entire preseason and those first couple games, they just kind of let him go through, you know, in, until we hit the mini Vinterpausa. And then at that point, you'd say like, okay, but, you know, by the, by the time he came in, we were in the worst form we had been in up to that point. And, you know, so a significant portion of his of his early tenure was probably just trying to study the ship. And, and I, I just feel like maybe he could have gotten a couple more games. But, yeah, I mean, at the, at the same time, it's results aren't changing. So what does it really matter that much ultimately? Yeah, we saw the same thing with uh, when when uh, Baum came in. He got a couple of days, if, if that, again, before the Leipzig match. Um, so, you know, it was interesting before uh, the two matches that Hoop Stevens had under his belt. He said that uh, he felt that with those two games, he kind of knew what kind of manager that the team needed so they would be successful. I wonder if he had, you know, his say to get Christian Gross in there. I mean, I'm sure he was one of the leading men there, obviously with the connection, with the Stuttgart connection with Schneider uh, and Gross. But uh, the comments made by Schneider, by excuse me, by um, by Hoop Stevens was, was interesting and almost telling that he said, I think I need someone who's a disciplinarian, a taskmaster type guy, someone similar to him, I think, uh, Cedric and and they brought in Christian Gross, who's not too dissimilar. I mean, um, hopefully he is uh, someone that can get the best out of these guys, no matter what. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be difficult, <laughs> no matter what. What do you guys think about this term? And I think we've brought it up a couple of times, and it seems to be a, a thing with our club. The, the term discipline. 
you know, and it's, it's, you know, we, we've seen some players that have been fined, suspended, you know, some indefinite movement, all these things, but do you, do you think that the team actually needs that discipline or do you think it's as, as we, you had just shown on, on a YouTube comment that there's something systematically wrong with this team is discipline the issue. Is it more of a, a motivational thing? Is it a, a, a tactical thing? What, what is the true root cause of everything going on? Because as you see, discipline has been an issue, but I don't know if, a disciplinarian is going to be able to fix that problem. You know, just, just the thought I, I, I just keep hearing that term as far as discipline, 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 let's fix that. Let's fix that. I, I don't know if that's truly the the route we should be taking, if that's really the cause. Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, we'd certainly have some disciplinary issues. Like, you know, we've talked about many, many times. I mean, Harib, Nabil Bentaleb and so on and so forth, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if, uh, necessary disciplinarian is what we need. I kind of like the vibe that Baum was giving us. Uh, Cedric, what about you? Do you think a disciplinarian is what we need, or you need someone who has more positivity? Um, I think we we are not a team at the moment, and I'm not sure how we can fix it. Maybe with discipline, maybe with a better atmosphere, with a po positive thinking. I don't know, but... Um, I'm sure there, that there is uh, something um, something missing in the puzzle um, where the atmosphere in the team uh, has to has to uh, change in a better in a better way. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, uh, Jack. How about you? You feel the same way? Yeah, I think there's something to be said for for discipline, and certainly. There have been some high-profile incidences of, of players maybe going AWOL at times. Um, and also, if, you, if you're watching the games, you're seeing uh, a lack of tactical discipline at times um, or emotional discipline at times from certain players on the pitch. But, uh, I mean, I, I think to some extent there's a lot of people that are getting tired with, like, we just need to be more disciplined. We just need to get that hardworking mentality back in the team. I mean, those, those things are all great, and it's important that that's kind of like a core part of the ethos of the club. But at some point, you need a little bit of quality. Just you need some ideas yeah. going forward as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's fine to be disciplined and to work hard, but if you have nothing to show for it beyond that, you're not going to win games. Um, yeah. And we just haven't had enough uh, in so many different areas of the pitch that, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's one thing that could improve the team, but there's five other things that can improve the team as well. I mean, the, the problems are just far too numerous and far too deep at this point. Yeah, and you talk about quality, and we have a couple guys who have a lot of quality, you know, Serdar and, and Harit, but they've been playing below expectations as well, and th that doesn't help anything. You know, when we can't score goals, it's not going to help anything whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, this season, uh, it started off very, very difficult for us. Obviously, that freaking 8-0 thumping that we, at the hands of Bayern, and then, you know, gave up another three goals in the next game against uh, uh, Wolfsburg or whatever. So it, it started out very poorly. Obviously, Wagner gets let go. Um, do you think our spirit was broken before the season even began? Or do you think it's just something that happened this season? I mean, obviously, we didn't get any wins at the end of last season. Uh, but this, the way we started the season, ain't nothing to Bayern. Yeah, Bayern's a great team. But eight goals, I'm like, really? Like, we had a whole offseason – whole offseason we had an offseason to, to plan for Bayern we know what Bayern bring and we couldn't stop them whatsoever and I, I get the quality disparity disparity but it's it should not have started that way I mean what do you guys think but I mean if you I don't want to put too much weight on preseason games either but if you look at what was happening in the test spiels like those were horrible performances as well, by and large. That was not a team that was sort of regrouping and getting things back together. Against small clubs, um, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, this is not a team that was, uh, you know, Wagner was turning things around and trying to, you know, get them going again. Um, it, it very much looked like they'd already bailed 
on him as a coach and, and we're just not jiving with whatever he was trying to do at, at the time. So uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it was something that happened at the beginning of the season. I think it was just a carryover from what had been going on last year. I think that uh, Wagner lost uh, the team um, after the Corona break. And um, after that, um, you give him the um, preseason. And um, I think we are the one team with a bad, um, a bad uh, preseason against uh, teams from the Regionalliga or under it. And um, yeah. we have the baddest preseason in the Bundesliga. Yeah, it's pretty bad, Dave. Uh, the way we've ended last year, the way we went into the preseason, it just it seemed like it was inevitable that the eight nothing game was going to happen. Yeah, you never want an eight zero to happen. I've been on the other side where I've, I've had a team lost nine zero. I've also been part of a club that beat yeah. somebody eight to zero. You know, so it's either way you look at it, it's not comfortable to sit at. You would think that being professional athletes, that they can sort of have a short term memory and sort of move on from something like that. But if a poor season that was that was relayed over into a poor preseason which resulted in a very bad first match for the for the entire season to kick off I, i i think that regardless of how strong psychologically or mentally you may be or emotionally that's going that's going to do some damage for you and if you don't have a manager or staff in place to make sure that that doesn't linger that doesn't sort of fester and continue to build and infect a club obviously we've seen sort of the, the fallout from that and they, they weren't able to recover, you know, and, and we haven't been able to see it. And again, I, I will shadow what, what Jack was saying, where it, at some point you have to have some quality to make up for an eight Oh defeat quite like that. But I, I don't think we were surprised by what Byron was able to bring. I've just been pretty surprised by what our team hasn't been able to sort of develop and bring over the last, the last 14 matches. And, and to me, I think that's the most telling there's something fragile. There's something broken with this psyche of this team and an eight Oh win and 8-0 defeat it doesn't matter it's 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 a it's a story now that's following this club and and obviously we're starting to set records with it yeah and it, we knew it was going to be difficult from the beginning we we saw that gauntlet that you know if we played three of the top five teams uh in the first game in the first five games uh and you know verde bremo was our second game we lost that union berlin's a tough team as it is so we knew it was going to be difficult but uh the the, the 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 psyche of the team which we've heard numerous times during baum's uh short time here he kept saying that the team is fragile and we you know any little thing can just set them over the edge and uh, i saw one of the comments that maybe there's like some cheating going on in the background or this and that and all that can contribute to we've seen you know, other other leagues other around the world that you know that sometimes something small like that can make make manifest and get worse and worse but it's something systematically i think that's ultimately going through yeah there's probably things here and there little niggling things here and there but ultimately it's something that's through the club through and through that's that's wrong it's not just the players i think these are good players just something's going on you know for each of them and they're all playing poor and the, and the mental state is really bad at the moment um but yeah it just it, it, the, the run of games that we had we we didn't seem competitive at all certainly not under david wagner and then manuel baum came in uh, hoping to kind of correct the discipline a little bit we saw the game against stuttgart uh, a, a decent result after obviously tough games against leipzig and uh Pat, or, you know we you know the uh the game against uh Dortmund obviously is never going to be a good one but um we saw we had some games where we thought we could have done so much better obviously Mainz games the one that comes to, to the mind Stuttgart we played fairly decent in that game um the one place that we can still win which we we ha there's no wins in the Bundesliga in 2020 but the Pokal is the 
area that we have done some decently, you know, done decently. Yes, we've been playing some lower league teams, but at least the team is finding ways to win. As hard as it is, Cedric, it seems like we are still finding ways, which is still even more confusing. We we know we obviously can still score goals, but we're not doing it in the Bundesliga. Um, for me, we have um, problems. Um, we have also a quality problem uh, too. Um, for me, the um, left back and the right back aren't um, um, on the niveau for the for the Bundesliga. Um, after the injury of Paciencia, we haven't, and the uh, sus suspension of uh, Ibizovic, we haven't a uh, striker for the box. And because of that, um, we, we can't um, have the level to, to, um, to win against better teams and against the teams like Mainz or Stuttgart. Um, yeah, it's a bit of luck. We are the same um, level like them at the moment. But when you haven't the luck, for example, in the Mainz game with the referee, uh, then you uh, play um, Remy or um, lost games. So for me, it's also a quality problem. But um, when you are on this um, bad situation like we are now, um, yeah, you have... You have always things um, that come um, together, and after all the things, um, it's very hard to find a way out. Yeah, Jack, it seems like one of the few bright spots in terms of quality that we've had this year. Obviously, the goalkeeper, Frederick Nov, who we got on loan, uh, and Mark Ut is also another one who's been uh, playing, I guess, better than better than the rest. Uh, he's shown some glimpses for us that gave us a chance at some potential goals. Um, outside of that, though, not many quality opportunities from our players just through and through it seems like yeah and hopefully mark good is, is healthy and, and fit and ready to go basically right from the yeah. jump uh in, in the rook run i don't know if we have a timetable yet for his return but uh he's somebody that i shouted out when i when i went on talking foosball uh last week whenever that was just because he's somebody i've been critical of in the past on this podcast many times i, I don't think he had been particularly good for us in the past prior to his loan to cologne last season um, but he's one of the guys that I think has been a leader both vocally and by example in terms of what he's doing on the pitch this season and somebody who seems to uh, actually care about what's going down and is deeply affected by it and you know and, and wants to turn things around. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Mark Oot's certainly been a bright spot. I think um, some of the Canapich Media products getting some time is is a bright spot, but I think ultimately we're probably relying on them a little bit too much, and that just underscores the lack of quality that we actually do have in the squad but yeah it's hard to it's hard to point to that many things to to really hold on to or to be excited about um as we head into the break here uh we're gonna need some some massive changes in a lot of different areas yeah then that's so true and like you like you said jack we've been almost over reliant on the kanapenschmiede this year so far um real quick around the room who do you think's been the best uh kanapenschmiede player so far that you've seen uh dave let's start with you first who do you think is uh played the best so far for you out of the youngsters Let's see. Going down the the youngsters list here. Um, let's go. Um, trying to see which name kind of pops off pops yeah. off the page right here. Um, it's again. It kind of to to Jack's point there. It's just we we've been limited. We've been relying so much on our on our uh, you know our older, more veteran, talented yeah. players. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised by Malik Tiao. You know, I, I I didn't expect a lot of him, and I think he's played much better in terms of the center backs. He's been one of the more 
consistent ones, I think, compared to the you know the, the natural starters for us. Uh, he was yeah, a I, surprise, I, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I mean, what six appearances so far? One is a sub. He had that nice little diving header that yep. uh, made for a really nice goal. I mean, in general, like like you guys have talked about previously, I'd say our left and right backs are not Bundesliga per se quality at this point. Um, again, they're they're filling the voids. They're doing what they need to. I, I do believe that he's been able to at least make some uh, Tiao at least make some really good connections along along the side he's playing on. Um, but he he hasn't been a pleasant surprise. You can, you can tell that he may be a moldable player where he can sort of play that center back. He can play the right back position or left back. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely definitely been a standout. I think him just getting more playing time has been able to kind of establish himself there where a lot of the other um, you know, young youngsters have just limited appearances, you know, in terms of subs and things. So I, I do I do like uh, Malik as, as as a really quality player that we've seen that his at least filling a position is someone that we can that at least the managing in, in the club and fans supporters can kind of rely on that he's just gonna be there week in, week out. Yeah, you're still going to hear uh, Joel Matip 2.0 with uh, with uh, Malik Tiao here. So, uh, right, Cedric, how about you? What can Apache be the player you think has played uh, better than expected for you? Um, for me, it's Bujelab. Um I think um, he's developed um, very much, maybe at the last five games, yeah. and now he's for me a player who um, has to stay in the um, eleven, uh, starting eleven. And um, he's a player, he's very aggressive, he runs a lot. And for me, he's uh, at the moment a better option um, than uh, Schöp, for example. Yeah, that's a good that's a good shot right there. Jack, how about you? You're on mute. <laughs> I think I've done that at least once every podcast. Uh, in the past like couple months. Um I think I think Buyleb is a good is a good shout. Although he's not, he's probably not my favorite of, of the products um, that we do see. I just think in terms of how many opportunities he's gotten, um, he's just been on the field a little bit more and is and is flashed a little bit. I, I do think my overall answer is probably Malik Chow. Uh, I, I do think he has one of the higher ceilings uh, potentially. Um, uh, still very young and kind of being thrown into the fire in the midst of a, a defense that is uh, struggling to say the least at the moment. But uh, you know, as, as Dave already said. Uh, potentially a little bit versatile, um, and I might talk about that later when we talk about our ideal starting eleven. But um, obviously, I'd like to say you know Katuchu or something like that. But I don't, I don't think he's gotten enough minutes to really even be um, in in contention. And uh, I don't know if Bosduan has yeah. either. He hasn't featured as much as I kind of expected him to. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess that's what I would say. But I, I hope we do see some more of those guys because a couple of the guys I would like to see are the guys that haven't been giving um, the opportunities overall this year has obviously been a difficult year overall for us. Uh, this is probably the worst year I can, I, I will definitely worst year I can remember. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's probably along the lines for all of you guys. Um, this is going to be difficult. Was there a best match for you this season? Obviously we didn't win anything, uh, but any game that you thought we played, we played, we played well and we should have won or any, something like that. It, you can, it's gonna be hard. I, this is, we haven't won anything. Jack, I'll go back to you first. Uh yeah, I think I would have to go with the uh the Mainz game. I think that was an away game at Mainz, the two two. Um, both of their goals were penalties, and I think the first one was that Matthias Nasic one that I think was kind yeah. of sketchy. I, yeah. I I thought that it was very a fifty fifty kind of contact thing. Um, but yeah, I thought we looked better overall. I think that's when Mark Ut had that free kick potentially that may have been that game. Um. And we scored a couple goals in that game as well, which is, I mean, I think one of them may be an own goal. But anyway, it's, it's unusual that we see Schalke with 
two goals on the score sheet and, and given the goals that we conceded could have been one and probably should have been one where we should have picked up our our first win of the season but uh as a spectacle a lot of drama a lot of twists and turns in that one so that's what i would go for the, the best match Dirk Diggler says, uh, we beat powerhouse Ohm. Yeah, that's his best game there. <laughs> Cedric, how about you? What's your, uh, if there was a best match for you, what would it be? Um, for me, it's the uh, last match in the DFB Pokal um, because um, we win it and um, we yeah. saw there uh, three goals and um, a very good goal from Serda. Yeah. I know it's um, just a, a team from the regional league, but um, we haven't so much um, to be happy in this year. So it's a good um, result at the end before Christmas. If anything, it shows that we would win that league if we were in that league. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dave, how about you? Is there a match for you that you would classify as the best match? Can we go with the 5 1 friendly? Yeah. Win yeah. Over Paderborn? Was on fire in that match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's it. I, I'm I'm looking at the schedule and trying to think back memory wise, and it's like okay, we we saw we we saw some offensive threat. We we saw a, a, at least a good collective, uh, a common mindset there. But but I will I will shadow what Jack was saying uh, saying with the minds game. It it seemed like things were rolling our way. It's uh, we we did have some chemistry. Things things were orchestrating. Uh, you know, working out. Yeah, it's it, it was a blow to to get that draw. But it's it's probably the best collective unit that we've seen um, overall from a 90 minute performance. And I think that's what I'm trying to look for in the best match. It's an overall. What do we have that we can point to over a 90 minutes? So this is what we're capable of um, in, in terms of this season. And that was probably it. But uh, I'd like to go with a 5-1. But that's, you know, friendlies are here and there. You know, it's, uh, but uh, yeah, I think, we'll I think mine. We'll take all we can get this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick that uh, after we lost uh, the Revere Derby, we played uh, Stuttgart. Malik Tiao got that goal, the header that Dave mentioned earlier. Got that goal, got the lead in that game against a team who was in the top five at that point. Um, and then uh, they end up getting a penalty and end up being one one. But I thought that was a decent result, decent comeback after a, a shit house performance against Dortmund. So um, yeah, that's my best. Uh, that that's best match. But if you had to pick, this is gonna be even. This probably be easier for I think because one jumped to my head right away. Most disappointing match this season. Um, Cedric, I'll start with you. How about you? Um, for me, it's a minds match because um, I think we we were clearly clearly the better team. But for me, the referee um, with his decisions yeah. um, destroys the match, and um, because of that, it was um, a very frustrated game. And um, yeah, I cry a lot after that game. <laughs> yeah, no, we won't fault you for that. That uh, that was a difficult game, especially with the refereeing. Uh, Dave, how about you? I thought that Augsburg match was 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 pretty hard to 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 kind of come back from and listen, um, yeah. to check out. I mean, 90, 90 plus three for that goal, and it seemed like we were you know we were we were on a good streak within that game, and we were playing a man up. You know, I what the red card. I I don't remember exactly what what at what point Nieder Lecter had picked up maybe early in the second half, 55 yeah. minute or something yeah. like that. Um, but that, that was just disappointing overall. I mean, we, we know what happened during that game and um, sort of the potential that would have hopefully shifted this club. But at the same time, we saw a lot of yellow cards dealt out. We saw a late uh, last minute goal and it, just the situation around there with what was happening on the sidelines and sort of the emotional toll that, that had taken that, that was a, that was a pretty tough, uh, tough and disappointing match. Yeah, no, I, that was a, definitely a gut punch for sure. Jack, how about you? I mean, there's so there's so many you could you could choose. All from. of them. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, Cedric said the Mainz match, which I think you could easily say, even though I said that was like my most exciting match or whatever. Yeah, I think you could say yeah. it was a disappointing one as well. I like the Augsburg shout just because you know if you're up a man in stoppage time and up a goal, you have to win that game. There's you just have to. Um, uh, I think even the Wolfs- Wolfsburg match to some extent, just because the second half we we stopped them from scoring and looked like decent. And it was really just like two goals in the first 25 minutes that I thought were a little bit too easy. And, and that was kind of it. Um, or even you could even say the, the last match against Armenia Bielefeld, just because that is, I think you would argue, the lowest quality of opponent that we faced. And we just looked like so bereft of anything in that game. Just just 90 minutes of, of very little football <laughs> whatsoever. And so it's kind of like, I mean, not that any of us were particularly optimistic for that game and given everything that we had seen, but just like if that's the, the kind of performance you're going to put again against that quality of opponent, it's just like, what do you have to, to hold on to? So that was a disappointing one as well. Yeah. And I think a good shot also would, I think would be obviously the eight, nothing game against Byron uh, getting, getting kicked in the teeth like that first game of the season is never a good one, but I think ultimately the one that really stuck out to me kind of to Dave's point is the Augsburg match. You know, that game we thought we finally won with everything that was going on in that match and, you know, and, and stoppage time, they got that goal that, I felt I probably felt mo- the worst out of that game out of all the games, uh, even that eight nothing game. I, I thought that we fu- we had a, a whisper of a win there with seconds to go, and we give up that goal pretty much at the at the death. Um, and they nearly won it. Also, you know, it wasn't for Fireman with a big save. So um, that's probably my mo- my most disappointing uh, game of the season. It's it's a lot to choose from. Like Jack said, you could just pretty much name anyone on the calendar, and it's it's there uh, outside of the uh, Polcal matches. So. Um, you know, I do want to talk about the best 11, but I think we should talk about some of the players this year and, and kind of rate them. Um, put up on the screen. Here we go. So we got a little grading system. Trying to make a little fun with this. Uh, we're th- this is strictly about the players' performances uh, this season. Uh, it's a, been a difficult year. Um, and so we got, you know, it's at great, good, average, below average, and not applicable, meaning they didn't play enough that you could judge them on. Um Let's get the ball rolling, though, first with managers. Uh, so, obviously, the guy who kind of kick-started this all is Mr. David Wagner. Uh, <laughs> what do we feel about him in terms of his uh, coaching that we that we saw him for two games and obviously all last year? Jack, how about you? As time goes on, I, I don't know what to make of any coach anymore. Like yeah. I said, like I just for a while, I was kind of convinced it was coaching, and I'm, I'm not anymore. Um, I, I think you have to – you have to put him at below average just because of, of the, of the winless streak that we went on. Um, and then ultimately his inability to change anything over the preseason and, and start the season as badly as he, as he did. I think you have to do below average, but at the same time, he had us playing great football, you know, in the Hinrunda last season. And we probably would give a very different answer then. And so it's like, you know, did he just forget how to coach over the winter pausa? I mean, probably not. That's not how that really works. So um, yeah, I just said it, it's t- for me, it's tough to rate any of the coaches, but yeah. Below average, uh, Cedric. Would you give a? Would you agree with that? Below average, or how would you rate Wagner? Um, yes, because I think, um, especially the, the the loss against Bayern with the um, highly uh, goals, um, and I think under Baum we we ha- had seen a better team, a bit better team. So I think it's it's okay to give him the below average. Dave, is this unanimous for you? It's across the board, man. Yeah, I, I I think looking at everyone's points so far, it's it, it's it's hard to rate him any higher than that. You know, I mean, he he did 
what he did with our club. It was more of a short-term stint. I think we expected a little bit more um, after that Bayern match, and we just didn't see it. Um, so I think it's fair to, even though the sample size is a little bit short uh, for this season, um, I think below average is, is more than a fair enough rating. Now, someone who uh, who had a little bit more of a sample size, Manuel Baum, 76 days in total, uh, 10, 11 games. Uh, he had a little bit more opportunity to try to mold things the way we want, Dave. Uh, but uh, still, it seemed like it wasn't enough for the board. Uh, how would you rate his overall uh, his his coaching? You know, for the the short time that we did see him, I'd. This is interesting because he kind of falls between that like good and average because it's it's not that I was ever completely sold on on exactly what was being employed. Again, I don't think we had enough time for it to really get refined and kind of see, but also he never had a chance to really bring in any of his own players. But of course, he has his own managerial style and his own tactics. I just feel like we, to some degree, saw him trying to tinker with everything through match by match, and we never got to see really what he was. I, I'd throw him right there at the average. Okay. Um, it's It's... Again, a little bit larger sample size, but I think structurally there's been there's there's so many deficits with this club right now that it's it's hard to to really pinpoint whether he was actually good or even below average. So I'd stick him right there in the middle. I think I know what Jack's going to say, but uh, Cedric, what are your thoughts on on the way that Baum has managed so far? Oh, the, the you know the, the games that he did manage for us, the ten games or whatever. How do you feel he managed? Um, I think the, the team um, play better football um, and I think we are near, nearer to a win um, than under Wagner and I think average is a good um, good option to find for him. Jack, how about you? I, I think I would... I would want to put him in the good category, but based on the results, you, you I mean you can't because if he's still not getting wins, I think it's hard to to put, to put him up there. So I, I would agree. I would go. I would go average. I think there was an improvement from from David Wagner, and I liked how active he was on the sidelines, and, and I liked the kind of things he was saying and, and the kind of attitude he had. But um, ultimately, similar boat in terms of what we were coming away with. Yeah, and I think I agree with all you guys. I think it's we didn't. It wasn't. We did see an improvement with the team. However, it didn't. The, the results didn't. You know pan out as like we had a, we had hoped and certainly that's why he's no longer in a position so i agree with you guys on on average uh for manuel baum um are we in all agreement that hoop stevens did not have enough time to be graded and he's a legend so we, we shouldn't really grade him i think that's fair <laughs> sounds good to me i don't want we don't want any hate mail right <laughs> all right so let's go to the goalkeepers uh first we'll start off the guy who's actually currently in net right now ralph fairman um how do we think he's he's done so far this year uh, Jack, we'll start with you. Um, you know, obviously losing his position early and then getting back, injuries. You know, involved in that. What are your thoughts on Fairman? I would probably say good. I guess, um, unless I'm forgetting some massive howler that he's had. Um, I, I think overall he's been fine, and I think most of the goals that we've conceded when he's been on the pitch haven't been his fault. If you wanted to say average, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with it, but um, just because. Uh, he, <laughs> Just because I feel like the goalkeeper play has been overall higher than the rest of, of the of the players, and I think we might have a lot in that average or below average <laughs> grade, I'm just going to put yeah. Fairman in good so we have some representation in that category. Okay. Uh, Dave, how, do you, how about you? I think that's a fair assessment that, that Jack brings up here. I mean, Fairman, we, we, we know what he's capable of, and yes, he's been in net for a couple of these really bad performances from the club, but it's... It, he can't stop everything. He's not expected to go from post to post and, but he, he is a leader back there, but at the same time, it's individual decisions and that individual quality that I think is really, um, made him look 
to a large degree worse than he actually is. So I, I'm I'm right there. I, I I think he's been I think he's been good. I think he's been, he's been a, a a spotlight for us of of something that he he can serve as a leader for us. So I'm I'm willing to go with Jack on on that good. Yeah, Cedric, uh, how about you? You think uh, good for him or average? Great. Um, I'm also saying good is a good category for Furman because he make uh, good matches and um, yeah, maybe not the matches where he um, um, rescues us from a draw or from a, um, uh, from a bad result. But um, yeah, I think um, he made a good job. Okay, I, I agree with that too. I think he, he's done a really good job so far this year. Uh, here's here's a here's an interesting one. I'm curious what everyone thinks. Uh, Frederick Renov, uh, he's he's obviously started majority of the game so far this season. Uh, he's he's come up with some great reaction saves. He's also you know given some maybe I think maybe a holler here or there. But uh, overall, what are your thoughts, Cedric? We're going to stay with you, Frederick Renov. What do you think? Um, for me, he is a one of the only player for the great category okay. because um, he saved us a lot of uh, goals or points maybe um, i think um, it, he he was a good transfer and um, yeah he he plays um, very good um, for us in uh, uh, before his injury dave uh, would you agree with uh, a great or how would you rate him yeah, I think he's been good. Again, I, he's definitely come up with some incredible saves for us. I, I think what his stats are, he's he's saved 31, um, and he's has a 14 goals against. Again, it's it's hard to rate uh, ratio wise what that means in terms of how your defense and your midfields and everything's playing. But um, it, it's one of those where he he's looked excellent for us, and I don't know if that is. I, I don't know if it's his own individual quality, if it's him coming up in big moments, or if it's just something we're trying to spotlight and think, man, he is the one who's making the highlights for us. Um, so I, I, I think he's been good for us. Um, I, I don't know if I'd go into the great category, but um, Cedric makes a lot of good points where he's 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 been able to make some good quality saves and saved us quite a, quite a few times. I'd, I'd rate him good. Good. Okay. So Jack, uh, split the difference here. Uh, you would just say Renova been, has been great, good, average. What do you think? If you want the tiebreaker, I'm going to go with Cedric on this one, just for a similar reason. I think it's one of the only players that you could, you know, justifiably <laughs> yeah. put in the great category. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't checked in a, in a bit, but the last time I had checked, he was one of the league leaders in post shot expected goals plus minus stat, um, which is a decent stat to look. Not not the end all be all for goalkeeping, obviously, but a good stat to look at to to kind of try to determine. Um, how good the shot stopping is. And, and he was somebody that was, I think he was like second place after could have been Neuer. I forget who was, who was high up there. Um, so, and I think similarly, I don't think a lot of the goals that have been scored when he's been in net have been his fault, but I think he's made more bigger saves than Fairman has and has done more to prevent a couple. And so that's why I would give him a little bit of a, of a great bump over uh, Fairman. And I, and I, I think it's interesting just because I was, I was somewhat critical of this move when we brought him in on loan Yeah, uh, just because I, if we weren't going to do it permanently, I didn't understand what the point was as opposed to playing Schubert, but maybe they really actually had a read on how good this guy was. Cause I do think he's played significantly better than Schubert was playing at the time. Um, so yeah, I've been pleased with him so far. I think I would be a hypocrite if I didn't pick great for him because I, I've been talking about how I think I thought he's been the best, one of the best players for us this season. Uh, you know, making some big saves and timely saves to Cedric's point, maybe saving us some points, a point here and there. Uh, I think he's been playing much better than I, t I anticipated. Like Jack said, you know, we, at first we, we questioned this move, but he's come up big, especially when Fairman has been injured and he, he, he earned that spot. 
to be between the sticks. I think the one thing that he that's different between him and Fairman is Fairman has that rallying experience that that, that Fernando doesn't have. Just mostly because he hasn't been with the team. This Fairman has grew up with his team. So other than that, I think Renov has played excellent. I think well, excellent. He's been he's been great. He's been great for considering the conditions he's been in. So um, you lose, Dave. Do we lose, Dave? <laughs> Hey, that's again. That's one, three against four. That's fine. Sorry, that's, Dave. That's how football Sorry, works. Sorry, Dave. Right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I just had my eyes closed a couple of times when he was playing great. Maybe, maybe those were the second halves I, I missed. <laughs> uh, Misha Langer, one game. It's not enough to grade him. I think he. I thought he did good in the one game, but I, one game. I don't know if is enough to really grade him. Uh, yeah, awesome in the not applicable category. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so now to speed this up a little bit, I'm gonna give each you guys a player. Uh, to go through and grade that way we can get to this a little bit quicker and get to the best 11. Uh, so we'll start in defenders, obviously. Uh, let's start with the the right back here. Uh, we'll talk about Killian Ludwig. Uh, we'll go with Jack on this one. Ooh, uh, I, I have to go below average. Okay. Um, and I feel bad about that just because, once again, I, I feel terrible being critical of this kid. The only reason he's there is because of Manuel Baum. And because our front office did virtually nothing to replace John Joe Kenny and Daniel Calajuri in free agency. So not a position that this kid should probably be in uh, playing the number of minutes and getting the number of starting opportunities at right back. I don't think he was ready for this level. Uh, so I'd have to put him there, but I I'd do that very sympathetically and with, you know, an, an apology to him. <laughs> yeah he is i don't know what we could have expected anything more out of him really you know coming from you know burnley and playing hardly any football and then put him in the starting lineup automatically at 19 years old it's difficult to do uh no doubt about that uh let's go uh cedric uh ozan kabak what would you rate him this season um i think i would weight him um for average um, I'm think I'm a bit uh, disappointed of Kabak because um, he has a great um, first season um, with us and he was a really great uh, defender. But I think um, now um, he he has a red card and uh, injury and after that the games wasn't so uh, good like he playing the last season. So um, I expected more from Kabak. So you said below average or average? I, I missed it, sorry. A average. Average, okay, very good. Uh, Dave, let's go with uh, another defender, uh, Matija Nastasic. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys got to put me with that one. Yeah, no, it's it, – I didn't – I've I, I haven't been a fan of him. Um, I know that there's plenty out there that like him. Um, I, I don't think that he's he's really lived up to what he's capable of. I mean, still young, 27, uh, Serbian international, eight appearances for us. Um, I'm just gonna go below average. I, I don't think anything within our defensive line has really uh, proven to to do much more than that. It's just some of the the poor decisions, some of the marking um, as, as the uh, offensive players approach the box. It's just it, too far up the pitch, too out of position, too frequently for me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the easy one, Timo Becker. Not enough games. Uh, you know, we want to see more of him, but uh, we, he's only played like a couple games this year. Put that man in the great category. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Jack. Uh, Hamza Mendil. I, I think you might have to do not applicable for that one too. Cause we really only saw him like the last couple games of the season. If anyone thinks that we can rate him, I just don't think we've had another, you know, once again, enough of a sample size. Yeah. Um, somebody I wouldn't be opposed to seeing more of. I, I think I'm, we've seen enough from Ochipka this season. Um, he puts in a shift 
it, and that's about all you can say for the guy. He's he's not offering you anything going forward, and he's not even I think maybe the defender that he once was either. So, um, yeah, not applicable for Mendel, but hopefully we, we he gets into the mix a little bit more. Okay, okay, uh, Cedric, how about Bastiano Chipka? Um, for me, below average, uh, especially when we put there, for example, Nastasic in. Because for me, he's um, not a defender on the left back anymore who can play Bundesliga or the level of the Bundesliga. Um, often he, um, he don't get the ball control after a high ball and we lose then the um, ball. Uh, he, he, it goes out or something like that. And maybe he's a bit of a quick defender, but on the mind he isn't very quick, and he yeah. <laughs> needs a lot to to um, to go with the ball or to to make uh, make make something for the, for the front. Um, I I see um, poorly uh, offensive um, um, things from from Ochipka. Yeah, no, that's that's a good shot there. Uh, someone I almost forgot about, Dave uh, Salif Sane. How would you rate Salif? <laughs> yeah, someone that um, we we kind of forget about, just <laughs> sort of the quiet guy, you know, sort of maneuvering that center of the box. Um, average for me. Um, obviously, so some some lapse in judgment throughout the year, um, but that can be made made case for everybody. It just. Um, just I, I haven't seen too much from him. I, I know that Naldo's is is on that coaching bench and, and can hopefully do some things with him. But yeah, as, as far as where we saw him play um, last season versus where he's at now, yeah, just uh, just very average for me this year. All right, next up for me is going to be Benjamin Stambouli. Uh, you know, as much I, I love the, I love the guy, but I think what we've seen this year has left us much to be desired. A lot of a lot of times defensively. Uh, either giving up a penalty or or just look lost back there. I think he's looked better when he's put in the midfield. And you know the last the last game, uh, the last couple of games we've seen him in midfield, he's he performed a lot better. I thought, but um, ultimately, you know how he's been rated defensively. I think he's been below average uh, if, I, if I'm going to rate him. So uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, oh, uh, Jack, you get Malik Tiao. I'm going to say uh, average. If you wanted to say good, I, I would allow it. I just think it's really difficult to rate anybody that's been involved in the back line yeah. that 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 highly at this point. Um, but I, but I do think overall, I'd say there's been less glaring moments where he's been in the wrong. He's had a couple, but uh, and, and I think there's a chance he could be a big contributor for us in the second half of the season. So I'd put him in average. Yeah, Diggler says uh, Sane is horrible most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's had better years for sure. I think all the players have had better years. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, Cedric, uh, Nabil Bentaleb. Um, yeah, for me, he's also below average. I mean, um, he, he makes some, some things on the pitch that looks very beautiful, but the impact for the game isn't always uh, so good. And um, because of the disaster um, after um, his suspension, I think um, we have to put it uh, put him on this uh, category okay fair shout fair shout there uh dave how about uh nasim bujia Buyleb? i've liked him this year um i as as cedric kind of hinted at it at the beginning of the show he's he's been a nice injection he's definitely been a player that's uh quick 
speedy. Um, he, he, he can find his way around the box. I believe he even netted, um, for us as, yeah. as well. Um, which, which was a nice little run from him. Um, I, I would throw him in the average category. It's definitely someone I want to see more, um, consistently and, um, so, someone that I, that I definitely think can be a contributor long-term for this team, especially through the rest of the season. So, um, I've, I've liked what I've seen from him, albeit, you know, a, a, a bit limited with only six appearances, but at the same time, I think, I think he's, he's proven himself as, um, like Jack said, someone that can put in a shift, but is actually making some progress in, in, in trying to find those, those gaps within the defense to make things happen. Yeah, no, no, no I, I agree with that. Um, for me, I'm going to take uh, Chan Bazwan. Again, not enough sample size with him. It just uh, as much as we want to see him and the glimpses that we've seen him, he's looked pretty decent. He looks like he could be a certain 11 player, no doubt about it, with his, uh, his reaction time, his vision, and all that stuff. We haven't seen him enough, honestly, uh, unfortunately. So I think I'm going to put him in the not applicable category. Um, Someone who we've seen a lot of uh, and not necessarily performing to where we'd like, Jack, uh, you get Amin Harit. Ooh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> I have to go below average, especially given for him, especially given what we know that he's capable of, uh, because I, I think there's very few people that would disagree with at their actual best, most in form. Harit's probably the best, most talented player on that team. Uh, and given what he's brought to the table overall, I have to go below average. But, you know, I hope that changes in the second half of the season. No, no, I, I, I hope so too. I mean, we need him. We need Sardar. We need a lot, all the guys really to step up. And uh, someone who has the, he probably has the most talent outside of Bentaleb. And you know, we've seen him in the past. We know what he, he's capable of, and he needs, needs to get, find a way to get back to that level, as hard as it may seem. Um, Chalanolu has not been played, so we're not going to we're going to skip him. Um, so that, real quick, is technically yeah. Bosdwan does have more appearances than Buyleb. He might not have more minutes. Okay. But- I'm just gonna mention that. So well then I'm gonna yeah, that's good. Well point. then I'm gonna put him the average then. How about that? That's fine. How do you like them apples, huh? There you go. <laughs> uh Cedric, you get Omar Mascarel. Um, it's very hard to rank Mascarel because I'm seeing um he has some games on below average and some games with average or maybe with good. I think average is a good category for him because um, I'm disappointed um, on him because I I thought he can um, be the the um, the leader on the midfield, but I don't think that um, he he is really the leader on this team. Yeah, no, I I I agree about that. Um, you know, there's some games, especially like recently, like uh, he made some brilliant passes in the games and I thought he played very well. But other times, like you mentioned, he's below average. So I think having him as average is a pretty, pretty good uh, category there. Um, Dave, uh, how about Alessandro Schoff? Schoff. Um, let's see. What's well, uh, close to 10 appearances for us? Uh I kind of go back and forth with him because when, when he's on there, he's he, he's not the best. You can kind of see a dip in form and a dip in quality. Um, he does give us a bit of a, you know, kind of something off the bench for at least for some creativity. He's I, I, still limited on his, in, on his shooting this year. I, I expect a little bit more from him being a little bit more aggressive around the net. Um, I... I mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 right there between like I I don't know average and, and below average for me. It's not something that I've uh, he's particularly made 
that much impact while I'm watching him. And I think that's why I want to, I want to go, um, kind of below average and unless unless you guys have seen something i haven't um he's just not someone that continually just pops off the screen at me you know or something that uh that i that i'm looking for so no no one would take it away from you that considering the run we're on i mean the fact that we have some guys that are both above or average or above then that's even more surprising so i don't think anyone's gonna hold that against you uh for sure <laughs> uh let's see all right next one on the list is um do 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 we're gonna go with uh I guess Swat Serdar, apparently. Uh, so Swat Serdar, um, I think, you know, we've seen last year what he's capable of, kind of like, I mean, Harit, we thought that he uh, could have done so much better for us. He could have been really having a great season like he did at times last year. But I think this year he, he's fallen out of games at times. He's still one of the most more more consistent guys. And we saw at the goal that he did against, against Ulm, uh, what he's capable of. I'm going to give him an average. I'm probably going to get hate for this but i I, i'm gonna give him an average uh maybe just because i like the guy too much i don't know but uh he's he has one of the most quality on the team and uh, he's still showing he's been better in the last handful of games so maybe it's because the quality opponent i don't know but i'm gonna give him a average rating uh jack uh you get mr hoppy hop i'm gonna go not applicable for him i don't think we've seen enough uh, yep. out of him. What does he have? Like three appearances maybe at this point, yeah. two of them later cameos. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I will say is I don't think he's been significantly worse than anybody else that's been up there for the most part. I mean, like was it, was he worse than Abisevic? Was he, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, definitely need to see more of him. Um, and if he gets like another couple cameos and he's kind of playing similarly, I, maybe we won't see a whole lot of him after that. Um, and probably another guy that's, that's getting an opportunity more because of necessity rather than merit. But um yeah, obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the American to break through, and, and I do think there've been a couple of things in terms of his like off the ball movement and stuff that have been decent. So hopefully, he can jump up into the uh, the average or good category, maybe with enough uh, with enough time at the on the pitch in the second half of the season. All right, uh, Cedric, we're gonna go controversial here. We're gonna go with uh, Vedad Ibisevic. What do you rate him? The short time we had him. Yeah, maybe I put him also in the last category because um, we haven't seen so much from him. Um, I think he had a good game on the Pokal and um, the Bundesliga matches aren't very strong from him. Yeah, the, the one time, the few times we did see him was like the test spiels and stuff like that where he looked you know, good when he was out there. But in terms of regular games, yeah, he didn't have many, many opportunities. Many times we saw him outside of, you know, substitute here and there. So, uh, all right. Um, you know, I know probably Jack wants to get Katuchu, but since he's the father of the movement, we're going to have to give this one Dave Lee. Dave, how do you rate Ahmed Katuchu? And make sure you uh, choose your words wisely. <laughs> oh, I, I know i was i was expecting jack to uh Great. to take this one just uh <laughs> over yeah absolutely is, is there one above grace yes, no, for him you know but it's, it's it's been an interesting year for katuchu right um all all of his appearances have been sub appearances if, if i'm not mistaken yeah. um very limited on on his his shooting capacity as as far as uh shots on net um again someone who can sort of i hate to make the harit comparison but someone who can actually make some difference in the midfield and, and draw some attention towards him um for me it's i i'm i'm drawn drawn a blank on sort of how he should fit in because um he's he's been average for us but i don't i don't know if we've seen enough for him to um and feel free to jump in here jack if, if you have any thoughts as, as the will, here, but, protect my boy you know what i'll say is he's played 80, 87 minutes in, in the first half of the season right 
So I think he's going to be not applicable. And and once again, you have to ask why. Yeah. He's playing yeah. minutes. I, I, I don't, I don't, and you know what? Time will probably prove me wrong on this guy. And I'm not trying to say he's the second coming, but um, just given how consistently awful we are up front, I find it so hard to believe that he isn't a better option than some of the guys and shouldn't be worthy of at least, you know, 45 minutes on a fairly regular basis, you know? Yeah, I'm in Shadow and Jack. I didn't realize he played that little. I know he had made four yeah, appearances. But... Yeah, four appearances for like 87 minutes total, I think. Yeah, Depends on for a minute here, five minutes there. I mean, yeah, I, I, I did. I did forget about his his limited uh, minutes. So, I, yeah, with Jack, I mean, I think I think when he's on, you can see. But again, I think the bigger question is, is why isn't he finding more? time on on the pitch i mean matthew hop has literally played more minutes i think than katucho has this season which is insane to me but yeah that's a good point yeah, that, that is crazy when you when you think about it like that and we don't know we don't know what's going on in the training but like you, it's hard to imagine that he's doing that badly in training that um that he doesn't get a chance at a run you know here and there so um yeah yeah that, that's crazy um let's see next one uh i guess i think it's robbie matando i'm gonna go, call robbie matando how about that uh robbie matando i don't even know if we, we've he's played enough either. I mean, we've seen him, we saw him obviously against Dortmund um, and some other games, but the times that he, well, you know, I look at it here, he's had quite a few minutes. So because of that, I'm going to put below average then. Uh, Cause if obviously I can't remember him as well as I, you know, as I want to, uh, he's obviously not doing as well as we had hoped. And obviously he's underperformed since we've gotten him. Um, obviously all this hype that we heard from him when we got him from Manchester city, maybe just cause it's Manchester city. Uh, he's got the pace, no doubt about that. He's he's obviously a favorite when they put him against when we play against Dortmund uh, because of his pace. But he's he hasn't done much with it, and, and you know the times that he does get the opportunity to shoot, he has missed it uh, this season. So he's been very underwhelming for me. And um, the fact that he's played as much as he has, and I didn't realize it, I'm going to give him below average. Uh, um So next one, Jack, uh, you are going to get ooh Gonzalo Paciencia. hard one you had to give me him too i did i feel like i'm a little bit out of step with the rest of the fan base when it comes to him <laughs> I, i'm I, I, my gut would say average if you guys want to put him in the good category if that's where you guys are more leaning to i wouldn't argue with you but that's kind of how i'm feeling I, I just i just feel like he hasn't been as effective as he might have been yeah um but is still a slight step above a lot of what else was going on on the pitch prior to his injury. So that's kind of what I would do. If you guys disagree, jump in. Uh, I, I agree with that. I think, I think he's had glimpses of where he's been really good, but he's also has glimpses where he's been non-existent in the games. The few times that we've seen him. So I, I like that. I like the average uh, shout out there. And uh, also Diggler says uh, we've been giving Katucha too much praise and we've messed with his head. He thinks, <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Uh, rounding this out. Uh, looks like, um, Ooh, Cedric, you get Skripsky. Um, for me, he's um, between average and below average. Okay. Um, some games he has a little impact of the game. I think he make uh, uh, assists uh, on the Mainz game um, with the own goal, uh, the cross. Um, When I look the players on the below average, um, I would maybe give him the average category. Okay. So it's a little bit better than the guys in the below average category. Okay. Yeah. That's a fair enough reason. <laughs> Not a fair enough reason. Uh, Dave, Benito Raman. 
Ramon, I like what Ramon brings to the pitch. I, I really think that uh, sort of his energy and his passion. I mean, he's he's definitely been starting, what, 12 games, five as a sub, uh, right up there as far as maybe he is the leader in the team in shots. I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it seems like um, he's he's one who's willing to show up regardless of the situation, regardless of the opponent and and, and play his game. Um, I've, I'd, I'd put him in the good category. I've, I've really enjoyed watching him this year and what his contributions are. You guys can debate me that way, um, whether you think he falls below that. But um, he's someone, at least when I see his name on that lineup, that I'm like, okay, at least we have some quality, um, potential quality up there. I'm not not saying, of course, he's he's ringing things, you know, scoring, you know, goals and, and uh, rockets here and there. But at the same time, I think he, he gives us a little bit more than any of our other strikers at this point. Uh, that's a fair shout there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, Gianluca Schuyler as NA because we've, we've barely seen him. I think so. Just a few minutes in the one game that Matthew Hoppe uh, started in that game. So, Jack, you get to round this out with uh, Mark Oot. Uh, I will go... I will go great just because of... I feel like he, like I said, the leadership qualities that he's demonstrated. I, I don't necessarily think his play's been great. I'd probably say maybe good more, but like I, I, I don't know. Considering I, your expectations ahead of season, I think above expectations for you. Remember? Yeah, probably. I, I, I would say so. Do you guys? Do you guys have strong feelings on this one way or the other? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go great then, but it, it's really like I said, it, it's hard to put anybody in the in the great or even good categories for the most part this season. Yeah, uh, um, I don't. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I was also between great and good. Uh, Dave, what about you? Yeah, I, I considering that he's he's been that leader that's kind of shouldered a lot of the burden. He's he's trying to do so much for the club while he's out there. Whereas maybe his performance on the field hasn't been great. I think just generally for the club, he has been great for the players to be out there. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. Again, it's it's hard to balance between these good and greats, and especially yeah. we're not seeing the the generally high production as far as goals or assists coming from these players. Um, but there's a lot more to the game than just that. And I think uh, veteran. Uh, locker room presence those kind of things go a long way for him all right Cedric do you, uh, do you agree with that too um I would give him the good category but I understand to give him the great category for me he's the only player who can create some moments in the middle field where he um yeah, makes some creativity to get chances or goals or assists um, he can make um for the great category, maybe he make um, less uh, scores, but um, I'm good with, with the great category uh, also because he was one of the best players of the team. Yeah, uh, and I agree. I agree with all that. I think uh, you know what he's brought. He's obviously shown the leadership qualities as well that Jack mentioned. Um, you know, and it goes a long way too because a lot of that this season we've been missing. You know, to Diggler's point, uh, Benito Ramon's one of the few guys who've been fighting tooth and nail every game. We've seen a lot of hustle from him. So uh, we're we going to run it out with two guys in a great category, Ut and Renov. In the good category, we had another two guys, Benito Rahman and Ralph Fairman. Average, uh, we had uh, Kabak, Sane, Tiao, Buyeleb, Bazduan, Mascarel, Serdar, Paciencia, and Skripsky. And then everybody else, either, either not applicable or below average. Uh, so it's interesting there. It's, uh, so based off of that, gentlemen, um, who would your starting 11 be? Um, I'm going to give each, I'll go with the goaltender. Jack will give you the defense 
Cedric will give you the midfield, and uh, Dave will give you the attack. So in goal, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, oh man, that's difficult. She want to put want to do that. Um, based off what we need right now, I think we need leadership more than anything else. Um, and as much I think Renov has been great this season, I think we Fairman brings that extra leadership that we need at the moment. So I'm going to put him in goal for me. Jack, uh, who do you have in defense? At this point, and this might be kind of a throw you guys for a whirlwind, but I think at this point I would go with maybe a back four of Malik Chow at left back. Um, maybe kind of playing like a, you know, have it in the World Cup for Germany kind of role there. I don't know. Um, with uh, alongside Kabak and, and Salif Sane. And then maybe Stan Bowie at right back. Um, I think he's been awful when he's played in center back. I, I think if we could potentially play a system where in possession we become a back three and Stan Bowie is able to get up further on the right-hand side to influence the passing and combine, um, I think that could be a good role for him as long as we don't get horribly exposed. I think it'd be situational in terms of whether or not um, we have opposition on, on like the left wing that's really going to be aggressive down there where you have to stay back more. But situationally, I think that could be a back four that could work. <laughs> Sorry, just read the comments. Uh, oh. Diggler says that we have 13 players that are average or above. That would be great for a team despite the Bundesliga. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, Cedric, uh, what does your midfield look like? Um, are we playing with five on the middle field or uh, with four? It, yeah, yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You, <laughs> yeah, can, ignore, you want. <laughs> can ignore my back four. Do it. So I'm playing with Mascarell on um, defense midfield. Um, next behind him is Serda. And I'm playing with um, Harit and with um, Bujelab, um on the other positions on the midfield. Okay. All right. And then, uh, Dave, round out our uh, starting 11. Well, I got the easy one. Uh, obviously, you got to take Ut up front. Um, and and if, uh, you know, I, I guess a toss-up between... I mean, I've, I've if, if we're we're playing with the, the two up top, I, I take Ramon yeah. uh, over Pacienza at this point. Um, yeah, him, him I off agree the bench. with that, too. Um, Jack, I like your shot about Sambulia right, right back, a right wing... Uh, because yeah, we saw the last game, one of the last games, he had that nice assist where you know he, he was more of a mid midfielder, I guess, in that role. But if he's up there attacking, he could convert into that midfield mentality and and, and set people up. So I like that shot. I like that shot. Are we good? Are we comfortable with this starting 11, 11, 12, whatever guys we had on the pitch? Yeah, one thing I would just mention in terms of going forward tactically, I, I think it'd be interesting to experiment with like double tens at some point. Um, like behind Mark Oot. As like I said, like maybe I don't know, maybe do like Harit and Katuchu behind Markut or something like that, or like Harit and like Bosduan or even Harit and Serdar potentially. Um, what could be interesting because I, I, I'm becoming like less a fan of Maps Gorella as time goes on. I, I just, I, I think there's games where he's steady and he's fine. I think I just don't think his upside is high enough, um, to keep justifying a, a place in the lineup consistently when you have higher upside guys like Serdar and Harit. And there's a lot of mouths to feed in that way. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, if you guys disagree with that, that's fine. But I, I would just prefer to find a way to get like a lot of like Boz Duan and those kind of guys on the field more often. Okay, cool. No, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'd love to see like a Boz Duan and a Bujaleb more more frequently. Yeah, Bujaleb could be in that position. You know? too, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And in you know, Mascarell, I think we had a comment. You know, it's um, not worthy of a captainship. You know, for this club. And you know, to to me, it 
always seems like a Serdar or someone else is in the mix when it comes to talking to the referee or in the middle of players. Mascarell always seems to be sort of, you know, just on the, the periphery there. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think an upside on some other players. Um, but how does that formation of taking Mascarell out? Who, who do you put in that place? Is that that defensive uh, front, you know, it's uh but yeah, it's it's we. Who knows what Christian Gross is going to be employing here? But it'd be interesting, as you said, to to do with some some double tens and uh, sort of mix up that how we go from uh, offense to defense and, and vice versa. I'll leave you this little nugget before we go. Um, Christian Gross, he likes to play in a four two three one. Will he use that? We'll find out. But uh, that's just a little nugget for all you guys. Um, anything you guys want to talk about before we wrap this up? Are we good? It's only been 13 games, 14 games, so it's not much really, I guess, to talk about, I guess. So um, a good place to wrap up, I think. Um, you know, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shaka U.S. newsletter. Uh, not only are you going to get info on the club, but you're also going to get the latest on the local fan clubs across North America and even about our podcast. So make sure you submit your email address and you'll get them once a month, like I said. Um, keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, if there are any topics you would like us to discuss, uh, just shoot us a tweet at Shock America. Uh, we'd like to give a special shout out to our guests, Dave and Cedric. Dave, uh, let's let you go first. You get a chance to plug away. Uh, thank you for coming on, on, and the floor is yours, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Jack, uh, Richard, always, always great to see you guys again. Cedric, great, great to meet you. Thanks for your contributions. I'll be uh, checking out more of what you're doing on over there on YouTube and good job on the, on the last episode as well. Um, but yeah, Dave Lee, you can find me over on social media at AO Dave Lee. You can find me both on Twitter and Instagram at that, uh, mostly tweeting about football, whether it's Schalke, some domestic leagues here, whether it's uh, Southampton, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, love, love for anybody, anybody to follow. I'll, I'll give you a follow back. Always love to talk about the club. Oh, excellent. Excellent, Dave. Uh, and Cedric, how about you? Your chance to plug away, plug away your YouTube, everything, anything you want. Uh, thank you for being at the show again. And um, you can check me out on YouTube, um, Cedric Zelma, Schalke 04, almost daily content uh, about Schalke. Yeah, it's very impressive compared to what we could do, Jack. Uh, he's cranking them out. Very, very impressive. Make sure you follow both these gentlemen here. Jack, where can our uh, listeners follow you? Yeah, once again, just thank you to uh, to Cedric and Dave, uh, Cedric for uh, uh, holding it down in my absence uh, the, the previous episode, and then for joining us again. And then Dave, of course, one of the one of the OG guests on the uh, the Shock America podcast. Good to be with you again. Uh, you can find me at J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N, on uh, Twitter. Ah, very good. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, all you gentlemen. Uh, if I don't talk to you again, Happy New Year to all of you. Happy New Year to everyone who's listening in. Uh, as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoes.